Welcome to In the News for Friday, June 11th, 2021. I am Brett Burney from AbsonLaw.com. Hey there, I'm Jeff Richardson from iPhone JD. Happy Dub Dub Week, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> what a week, huh? Jeff, I feel like there was an apple-shaped tornado that descended upon my head on Indeed. Monday. And I feel like in the days since then, this entire week, there are still all the stuff swirling around my head from the announcements, from the updates that they talked about, from the possibilities coming in the next few months. It has been a whirlwind of a week for sure. Yeah, and you know, the reason for that is this is not a WWDC where we have like one or two big announcements. Um, right. There really haven't right. been that many big, big announcements. I mean, there's no new app store or anything like that. It has been just no a iMac. plethora yeah. of small yeah. announcements that when you look at each little feature, you're like, wow, that could be pretty cool. That could be pretty cool. So it's just a deluge right now of going through all the stuff. Incredible. And like you said, you know, it's sometimes some WWDCs, we talked about this last week, you know, they will announce like a brand new Mac mini or, you know, a big shiny new object or gadget or something. And we didn't really have any of that. But man, in its place, we had, as you said, so many of these small incremental things. Why don't we start with generally the the iPad? <laughs> there yep. were several things you did a great job covering. Of course, the plethora of things you had a great post, uh, by the way, uh, what a couple of days ago, this week where you always do this you do a great job of like hey here's what lawyers specifically or legal professionals will enjoy and appreciate about some of the announcements but let's talk specifically about the ipad os and i for these for these improvements i say bring them on i am so ready for so many of these things you mentioned a couple of these last time too jeff yeah, yeah, we, we had some predictions. Like last week, we were hoping, for example, that we'd be able to have widgets on the home screen. And of course, yeah. we can. So maybe that's nothing you know, extraordinary because we all saw it coming. But I'm so looking forward to it. And we talked about this a lot last week. The iPad screen is so big. I would love to take advantage of that space by making it more of like a control panel. Put you know the information that I need right there. So at a glance, I can just see everything I need, whether it's calendars, to-do entries, you know, just photos, you know, right. whatever I want to do. So that's going to be fantastic. One thing that was a surprise surprise is Apple, a surprise to me, is that Apple updated its multitasking uh, system, which right. I love because, you know, we've been able to run multiple apps at the same time on an iPad for a very long time. I was surprised when I wrote that post that I went back and looked it up and it was back in 2015. I would not have guessed it has been that long. But <laughs> I, what I is, <laughs> uh, the problem is, is that it's confu it's always been a little confusing with the iPad right. screen. And it's, right. I think the nature of we're all used to computers where you can see you know, windows on top of each other. That that right. that we that we understand. We've been doing that, you know, for you know since the early '80s. But um, but with the iPad, it was always confusing if you had two side by side apps, which was the active one, which was not the active one. If you have an external right. keyboard and start typing, which one are you typing into? So Apple's tried to address that. They have these three little dots at the top of the screen, and the yeah. the dots are darker on the screen that's active. They've made it so that you can actually have an, another screen right in the middle on top of other stuff. Um, I, you know, right. I'm going to have to try it to see how it goes. Right. And hopefully it's better. But for me, the takeaway is I'm glad Apple is recognizing that something needed to be done here to make it more accessible. And so they've given it a shot. Hopefully, I mean, the good point is they've recognized the issue. Yay. And have yeah. they solved the issue or yeah, have they made one. it better? We'll right. see. But step one is to recognize you have a problem and go from there. So It took me a long time to get used to. You can see as I'm scrolling through here, there is something called split view, which you alluded to, where you can have two different apps or sometimes even the same app on different sides of the, of the screen. And then there is something called slide over, which I got to tell you, most of the time, Jeff, when I sh see somebody using that, 
they don't do it on purpose. It's like accidentally it's, they mm-hmm. slid their finger from the side and it came over on the slide over. I find that to be immensely helpful. I'm starting to use it more and more like if I had my notes app up or if I'm reading a web page and I want to put something in like a, a note in OneNote or something mm-hmm. similar to that. So I totally agree. And there's a few more under the hood differences and changes like in the app switcher here. I know you've been looking at some of these same articles. You know, this now we can go into the app switcher, which has been around for a long time, whatever open apps or running apps. But now, even if you have a split view with two different apps, you can go into the app switcher and select that now. And I know that sounds a little wonky the way I'm explaining it, but for those of us that have been using some of the split view and the multitasking options, I mean, they're really just underscoring some of these things, which is really great in, on the yeah. iPad. Yeah, most of the time when I'm using my iPad, I'm just using one app at a time. But there are absolutely right. times where I am doing some redline edits to a Microsoft Word document. Right. And yet at the same time, I need to see an email that somebody sent me. Or at the same time, I need exactly. to look at a PDF document of my opponent's brief or something like that. And it's nice that um, it's nice we have the ability to do that now. And I look forward to seeing these improvements. Just one last thing here. I, this is amazing. And again, just like you said, we got to use it, right? You and I are hands-on folks. And this new shelf aspect here, I, I love that. I'm I'm excited to see how that's going to be because a lot of times I am switching back and forth between uh, different apps or even windows of the same app, like different Safari tabs and stuff. So that's yeah, this all is another one that fantastic. Apple needed to do something because it can be confusing that you have multiple instances of the same app. You can have right, multiple right. versions of Word or multiple versions of some graphics program running at the same time, and you sort of lose track of all of the things that are open. And so now, as I understand the new system, is when I when I first switch to Microsoft Word, for a second or two at the bottom of the screen, I'll just right. see all the windows that are open, and then they'll fade away. But that way I can see, okay, I actually have three different Word documents open right now, or three different <laughs> right. whatever. It's a great right. reminder because in the past, I mean, right now, um, me using I, iPad OS 14, I have no idea how many right. different it's, – it's difficult exactly. to get there. So. Exactly. And the, the, another thing that I was thrilled to see you caught on to is the idea that they've made the notes uh, better. I, I found myself using the notes app more and more and more, Jeff. And it's a little surprising to me. And I think one of the reasons is because it's accessible. My iPhone, my iPad, and my Mac, and and I can get access to it wherever it is and just make a quick note. And number two, Apple has continued to make improvements, right? Even with the scribble function that you can you, you can handwrite in there. Things that I used to use Evernote and OneNote and even Notability or GoodNotes, I still use those apps. But I'm finding myself turning more and more to Notes. And I was thrilled to see some of the improvements they made on the Notes app app on the iPad. Yeah, when you look at where Notes is today compared to where it was when it started, it has gotten just a lot more helpful. And this, these new improvements are great. I mean, the Quick Notes is good because while you're doing, while you're getting work done on your iPad, you can just swipe up from a corner and just quickly jot yeah, something down. Love which that. Is, I mean, it's it it doesn't seem like it that takes that much time to like open up an app, but sometimes you know it just does, and and it, that's just not how you're thinking. So to be able to quickly jot something right. down is great. But better yet is it knows what you're on top of. So if you're looking at a web. Yeah. <laughs> and you bring up a quick note, you can say, you know, this is, you know, whatever note you want to put, you know, something to consider for, you know, the discovery process, a case or, or my upcoming vacation. But you can actually tap a button to include a link to the entire web page or some text on that web page. And then later, when you go back to that web page, there will be a little icon in the bottom right corner of your screen that reminds you that you have some notes associated with this web page or, or whatever else it is. So Amazing. it really brings.
brings notes and it's the same multitasking idea we were just talking about. It's, right. it's being able to use the notes app at the same time you're doing something else on the iPad. Um, and yet in a way that doesn't from the demos, it doesn't seem to be very cumbersome. So, I mean, I, I would literally be using this one today if I had the new Absolutely. iPad OS on it. So I, this, this looks like a great feature. Absolutely. This is one of the first thing. I mean, this is one of the things that I, I, you know, usually when I watch a keynote presentation, there's uh, a few times where I yelp and and exclaim like so excitement. This was one of them because again, just like you said, I could switch back and forth to notes if I'm reading something, you know, a blog post or an article, but. Honestly, if I'm sitting at my desk or a table, many times I have either a post-it note or something that I pick up a pen and it just I just feel like I'm I'm living in two different worlds. And I just love the fact that they bring this in now. And I can't wait. I can't wait to to try that. So I'm so glad that you talked about the the quick notes on there as well. Now, one feature that, that for me the jury is still out on is, and you, you have it on your screen right here, is the new Safari interface. Yes. I, what Apple is trying to do, I think, is a is is a, is a laudable goal. They want to have even more of your iPad or or an iPhone too. They want to have even more of your screen devoted to the web page that you're looking at. That sounds yes. like a good idea. And the way yes. they get that is they reduce what they call the Chrome. You know, the the bars at the top that tell you what your different tabs are <laughs> and stuff. So, right. I, but I I will just tell you for me. The jury is out on this one because by by squeezing all of that stuff together, have they made it too difficult to get to the things that you want to access when you want to yeah. get to bookmarks? Or, I, I just don't know. Maybe, maybe it's great that you know. For example, they've collapsed the place where you would type in an address with Correct. the tab bar itself. Um, right. So we'll see. Right. Now, on the other hand, another thing that they've done is they've brought extensions to Safari, which yes. is something that we've had on our desktop computers for a long time. You know, a perfect exactly. example is your password manager. Like I use 1Password. Um, you can use 1Password with websites right now, but you can, with, with a 1Password extension, you would be able to do, you know, the more sophisticated things that you can do in a computer, like right. more easily create passwords as you're being asked to sign on to a new website. And I thought it was interesting that on Twitter, I just happened to, to follow the folks at 1Password and like hours yes. after the keynote address on Monday, they had mocked up a quick little, you know, five second video showing how it might work for 1Password to be an extension right. on the iPad. And I'm like, that sign me up. That's what, right. I mean, that's I'm, exactly I'm what I want. Bring so, uh, so this is great because Safari <laughs> is such a useful, I mean, we, we all use Safari for a million times a day on the iPhone, on the iPad. So. Yeah. But 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 the thing, just quickly, I would underscore that you're right. I love it. I I love to have the maximum screen real estate as I as I possibly can. But to me, it's going to be just it's a it's a change in my memory muscle, right? I'm always used to type tapping into that search bar and and typing right in there. I feel like I can get over it, but it's going to be a hump <laughs> yeah. getting there. But we're not going to know until we actually have the hands-on and start yeah, using Yeah, we'll that, see. I mean, change can be hard, and not all changes are good. Hopefully, this one will be. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So there's there's more. There's so much more. <laughs> and we'll, we'll hit a few more highlights. But let's switch from the iPad now to the iPhone. Uh, a couple of things that you were writing about. Uh, in fact, I, I think that you commented to me, you know, the iPhone improvements, uh, better late than never, <laughs> right? Yeah. Some of the things that they are now bringing uh, to to bear onto the iPhone specifically, because we almost have to talk about it in two separate ways. The iPhone with iOS and the iPad used to run the same operating system, but now it's kind of, we're still almost seeing a little bit more of a divergence there, right? The iPad OS is getting a little bit different. It's most of the same, but we're still seeing some, you know, some differences between those two now. But a couple of things you wanted to mention about on the iPhone, uh, FaceTime improvements. I think they started with some of these announcements, which are pretty amazing. 
Yeah. And this is not just iPhone. This is iPhone and iPad. Um, I, True. I, I personally tend to use FaceTime more in my iPhone. But part of that is just because, um, you know, w- w- during the pandemic, we've all used video conferencing, you know, so <laughs> right. many more times than we ever did right. before. I can't even, I mean, I did so few client <laughs> video conferences before the pandemic, and now I'm doing it all the time. And of course, right. most of us are using <laughs> Zoom or Microsoft Teams or one of those sorts of things. Apple, you know, unfortunately, they, they missed the ball on this. FaceTime, really, if, if some of the things that they're coming out with this fall, if they had been around last spring, I really think yeah. that Apple could have been so much further ahead. But, you know, better late than never. So we're going to see things like, you know, FaceTime calls will be able to have people's faces in in squares as opposed to so the sort of, you know, somewhat right. bizarre floating faces system they have now. Um, right. You'll be able to do a FaceTime call with somebody who uses Windows or Android. They, they'll use a, a web interface to do it. But so just, you know, if you want to have a family conversation and you've got your cousin that doesn't use an Apple device, they can still participate. Um, and right. they even have some fun things. And I mean, talk about something that people would have used in the pandemic. There's this one feature that you can share a, um, a video with other folks so that right. you can, you know, you can be watching, you know, Ted Lasso and your, your friend that lives in a different state can be watching at the same time. And a little corner of the screen, you could see their face and they could see yours so that y'all could talk and laugh at the same time. It's a way to, you know, enjoy media with somebody else across the internet. Um, I don't know how much I will use that feature, but if right. there was ever a time that I would have used it, it would have been when we were stuck at home last for all year. Those months. Exactly. So, yeah. um, you know, better late than never, but it's, it's, I'm glad to see that, you know, smart folks uh, took advantage of the quarantine to figure out what what would be nice to use during this situation and um you know so it'd be fun to see it when it comes out yeah apple is calling this share play and they spent a good amount of time talking about this they i mean it seems that that they are convinced this is something that they know people are going are going to use and you can do it with music like apple music of course and you can do it with apple tv just like you're saying you know a friend can be in the corner there of the screen and anyway it'll just it'll be interesting to see how (laughs) this is going to play out and until you know to me this is one of those things until until it is in the general public, right? Until the users have their hands on it, we're not going to really know as much as a lot of us like to uh, to talk about this all the time. Yeah. And by the way, I just I like this one article, Jason Snell, which which we know he's written for MacWorld and and uh, has his own uh, Six Colors blog as well. You know, just he he's saying the same thing. The FaceTime features might be too late to matter. I liked one of the quotes he had in here. You know, over this past year, he's been having tons and tons of like family get-togethers, virtual get-togethers, and he said he never, and they all use Apple devices, but he never even considered using group FaceTime. It just wasn't something that was on his radar. It was always Zoom. But just like you've been saying, this is kind of how Apple is kind of ca- catching up a little bit on uh, some of these, uh, some of these uh, aspects here, which is good. It's all good yeah. stuff. So to move away from, you know, collaborating with other people and your friends and yes. the world of just doing something <laughs> on your own, one change that looks to be really nice is the voice to text dictation. Um, right. I, I, you know, I do use this when I am, you know, at home by myself and you don't want to drag out a keyboard, but I have to, I, I want to like say something in an email that's more than a few words. I will just use the voice to text dictation. I will speak and my iPhone will write it out. Um, and it's gotten better over the years, but I think it's one of the very first things I linked to in today's post was um, yeah. our friend David Sparks, uh, attorney out in California. He has this right. great video that just shows you exactly how it works. He had two iPhones it's side good. by side, one with the current <laughs> operating system, one with the one that comes out this fall, iOS 15. And the big change is that 
now your voice is processed on your own personal iPhone. And why right. does that matter? It matters because it's a little bit faster to not have to send a recording of your voice up to the internet, have it processed right. on Apple's server and come back to you. Frankly, looking at his demo, the speed increase is not as much as I would have thought. Agreed. But that might Agreed. be because this is beta one. It might be by the time this fall comes out, it'll be faster. Um, right. But aside from speed, there's a security issue there that I, you know, I, I have more trust for Apple than I right. do some other companies. But still, you know, if I'm saying something that's confidential, whether it's, you know, I, 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 I just, I feel more comfortable if the recording of my voice is not leaving my device, even though I know right <laughs> now right. it's anonymized <laughs> and nobody knows who I am. It's all done by computers and stuff, but I just like that privacy aspect. And then also David shows off that you can just keep speaking. The current yeah, system times out after so I don't know what the limit is 25 seconds or something. something but I mean, like if, if I have, you know, I'm just sitting there and for one minute, two minutes, three minutes, I just want to dictate a long email. I'll be able to do that. So this is something that I think attorneys and so many other folks that use their iPhone or iPad to get work done, they're going to be using, you know, all the time. And so bravo to Apple for this change. It just continues to baffle me, Jeff, how we have this capability in the palm of our hands. I, I don't, I'm, I'm going to just guess at some point in your career, you use uh, Via Voice, IBM or Dragon Dictation or something along those lines. And just the amount of time and effort we had to put into training that kind of a system. And to know that today we have that capability and it's good. In fact, I, 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 as, you, as you watch this video, which is good, it, it, it really highlights some of the things. One on the iOS 14, sometimes it got the words a little wrong and it did much better on iOS 15 on here. And it just continues to amaze me. I'm just, I, I just continue to get excited about that. And I'm thrilled. To me, the biggest thing here is just, as David says, it removes the, that uh, blasted timer. Because I find myself, I will do like, I would train myself to do three sentences at a time and then stop because I knew I was going to stop. And then I was started right. again. And I just kind of hated to have to kind of jump around. It wasn't that big of a deal. But now without, you know, to remove that completely, it's going to be very exciting. I love that. Yeah. One more and change then, coming up that yeah. I'm going to love on my iPhone is this new, uh, the live text feature. If, you, if we can move on to that one. Yeah, that, of course. You know, there have been many times where I have taken my iPhone, which has a great camera on it, to take a picture of something, not it because it's here. a beautiful picture that I'm going to want to frame, but just because I want to remember it. You know, I'm taking a picture of a sign or the front right. of a store or, or just I'm taking a picture of something so that here I can it is. use it later. <laughs> and so with this new feature, live text, they photos app will be able to read the words in Incredible. the picture so that if I take a picture of a sign that says XYZ and I later want to search, you know, can you show me that picture that has XYZ in it? It will surface <laughs> right. it to me. Or if I want to literally copy that text and paste it into a Word document or email, I can do so. And again, this is not a new feature. There have been similar versions of it right. from Google and from Microsoft in the past. But right. this looks like, again, will the proof will be in the pudding. We'll see how it works. But from the demonstration right. this past Monday, it looks like it's really well done. And so this is going to make my iPhone so much more useful. Um, I can't wait. This is almost like augmented reality, but in the reverse. It's like Agreed. it's reality. Agreed. And, it, <laughs> and yes. it's like, because right here you can see in this middle picture, you're taking a picture of a sign out of this as a realtor or something. But now the iPhone recognizes that this is a phone number. So instead of like looking at the picture and tapping it in and like, did I get that right? You, the iPhone recognizes that as a phone number and it will allow you to call the phone number just yeah. from your picture. That you know, is incredible. Another example of acting on the information is 
if the iPhone sees that the word that you've taken a picture of is written in French or you know German or Russian yes. or Spanish, you can translate it right there too. And again, Google has had a version of this in the past. But you know, I can you know I can't wait for the next time that I travel internationally. You know, hopefully we'll be all doing that soon. Where you know I want to be in, in Italy, and if I'm looking at the menu and I don't understand the word, I can just point my camera at it because I think this actually happens on device, and I can you can download yeah. you can download a language pack so it happens on device, and so I can have it just you know literally translate my mem- my menu as I'm reading it. I, I, I remember many years ago, my wife or I were, were in uh, Russia of all places, and we were in a restaurant, and I was trying to understand what the person was telling me, and it was just a, a language bearer. And so she finally picked up a basket of bread from someone else's table and showed it to us. I'm like, oh, you're asking if we want bread. Okay, we just had a five-minute language bearer over there. It would be so nice. Over bread. Do. So using, but like you say, so this is augmented reality. This is using your, your technology to uh, help you understand and better deal with the world around you. And that's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, very good. Okay, again, so much more. How about, okay, we talked about iPad, we talked about iPhone. How about let's just, let, let's do a, a quick grab bag of some of the other things that I, we don't have time to spend a whole lot of time on, but it would be great at least to uh, to cover it here. One of the things that you wrote about uh, this week as well, because Apple talked a lot about it, was spatial audio. You tell me, why are you excited about spatial audio coming to Apple Music, Jeff? Um, this is cool, and it's available now if you subscribe to Apple Music, and I've been having some fun with it this week. And Apple has some great <laughs> demos where they will take a song, like they have an old Marvin Gaye song, that they start, start by playing the mono version of it, which is the original recording of it, and then right. they'll move into stereo, and when you're listening to it, you're like – yeah, stereo sounds better than mono. We all know that. Right. Um, and then they'll play the spatial audio version of it, which is sort of like a 3D audio. And you're like, wow, that sounds even more. Um, it's 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 tough to come up with the words to describe sounds, but yeah. it's you can you can hear things more precisely around you. You know, I can actually I can, and it's not it's not just that this sounds like it's it's to my back left, and this sounds it's to my front right. Although that's a part of it too. That's sort of like a 5.1 surround sound thing. You can hear, you know, the, you see the plane coming over you in the, in the movie you're watching and you can right, actually hear right. the plane move from the front speakers to the back speakers. Part of that is there, but it's also that you can hear individual instruments more distinctly um, when it's done well. And there's a, a yeah. Verge article that I linked to today, and I also put it right. at the bottom of the post you're showing right here, right, right. That where the, um, the author there showed that uh, the audio engineers for some songs, they've done just a fantastic job with the mixes. Like, you know, there's some Nora Jones songs that, I mean, you feel yeah. like you're right there in a private, in a little jazz, That's you know, great. hall. It's like, oh, this is so wonderful. I feel so immersive. And then there are some songs where just because of the way they've mixed it, you know, the instruments used to be louder and now they're softer or vice versa. And it's just a different version of the song. You know, spatial audio, it's not, it's not just flipping a switch and saying, now let's have it spatial. Right. The, the people that put together the music need to make decisions on how they want it to sound. And right. so um, it's, it's, it's different and people will argue whether it's better or worse, but it's definitely something that's more exciting. So I've been having fun listening to it this week. You can definitely listen to it with your um, AirPod, with your um, AirPods. But um, as right. I understand it, even with other, you know, it'll sound many, even just regular speakers to a certain degree, you can hear it. So um, it's great. I and mean, it's, it's fun that they're doing something new with music. If you subscribe to Apple Music, there's no extra charge. Yeah. So you can try it out for free. 
And one thing that I think is sort of fun is uh, I've been like, j just from to be sort of geeky about it, you can listen to a song and go into your settings where you can turn spatial audio on and off. And so while you're listening to a song, you, you can turn it off and you'll hear the stereo version and then turn it on and the song will keep playing with the spatial audio version with the Dolby Atmos. And you, you know, you can make your own little music critic decisions of, wow, this one sounds better. And this one, Incredible. I think I would have done it differently, but it's, it's fun. So uh, it's a nice new way to enjoy music. It to me, it makes me think of, you know, one of the first times that I was in a movie theater and I, you know, the THX sound, you know, when you had like, and the sound went around. I mean, it's got to be, I don't subscribe to Apple Music, so I haven't been able to hear this, but I've heard lots of people talking about it now because Apple was talking a lot about it. And it's just, just incredible on there. All right. Oh, a couple of other things quickly I'll highlight. I found this one in here. I don't know if you, if you noticed this, but you know, Apple Photos has always had like face detection. So I just want to let everybody know, first of all, the EXIF metadata, you talked about this because one of your picks a couple of weeks ago, I think, was an app that, uh, uh, you know, allowed you to see a lot of that metadata about those pictures. Yeah, the app uh, I picked is called Metafo, but this is now right. built in. It's now built in, which uh, this is what we call Apple Sherlocking <laughs> some uh, different apps available out there. But just so that everybody is comfortable with the fact you can now uh, use Apple Photos and it will recognize the face of your pet, which I think is always is always a good thing there. <laughs> um, another one that I know is more important for a lot of people still, uh, Jeff, that I talked to, and I don't think Apple even mentioned this. This is one of those like hidden things, but I'm excited to see this. The print dialogue. <laughs> from an ipad or an iphone i mean i i do a lot of air print still or i work with a lot of uh, uh lawyers that use air print and it has been the same dialogue for so long not a lot of options on how to print it you know where to print you know how many pages but they are now incorporating some additional capabilities like the orientation we can never do a landscape versus a portrait it was just you got what you got on that so that was something that i found that was kind of a hidden uh, option there which i'm really just excited about yeah and it's that. nice that if you have a printer at your house that's got air print on it um you know you can just if somebody sends you a document on your iphone you can just print it directly to your printer bypassing your computer directly com completely and it, it works well and so it'll be nice right. to have a more full featured air print again i don't print nearly as much today as i used to because things right stay in their digital form but sometimes you just need to print something out and why not make it easier that's great absolutely and then another thing quickly i Apple, I think they actually mentioned this in the keynote, Jeff, but it was very quick and not a lot of people looked at it, but I know I paid attention because number one, for my personal component, but also for a lot of, um, uh, what do we call like succession planning, right? In our, in our line of work, we talk about lawyers, like making sure that you have a way that people can get access to information when you pass away. It's a very unfortunate topic to talk about, but it's very appropriate because so much information that, you know, our loved ones keep on our mobile devices these days. And uh, I know I share things with my wife through one password, which I know you do as well, right? Because that's a good way that she can get access to things if she can't get to me. But this digital legacy of very, interested to see they didn't talk a lot about it so we don't know a lot about it but i'm interested to see how apple's going to roll that out it just seems like it's something really uh it, it pretty it's it's very important and i'm glad that apple is recognizing that 
Yeah, the idea is that, you know, when you pass away, before you pass away, you can designate somebody who has access to your Apple right. data. And other programs have this too. You know, Facebook, for example, has it that you can appoint somebody um, that if you pass away, they can sort of take over your page. And and I know that I did that when my when my grandmother passed away a few years ago, that and my mom too, that I could I took over their page and memorialized it and sort of managed some things. Right. So right. it's nice that right. Apple's doing it. But remember, Brett, you don't have to die to take advantage of this feature, as morbid as that sounds. True that. Because one version of this is Apple is also <laughs> adding a feature that you can designate somebody else to just unlock your computer. So what if you forget your iCloud yes, password? Good point. Um, you know, Apple doesn't really know your iCloud password, but they can help you to reset it. Um, right. Or if you get locked out of the system and you can't remember it or, or your kid can't remember their password, right. you can designate somebody else. So you could designate your spouse has the ability to unlock the password um, for you or or you know, right. maybe you could Great designate point. your niece or nephew to do it. So that that's a nice way to, to you know, keep the privacy and security, but also recognize that in real life, people make mistakes and they forget passwords and you want to have somebody. Help you. So now you can designate somebody or in iOS 15 this fall, you'll be able to designate somebody to help you with your passwords, which is great. That's great. Last thing quickly. I mean, there was so much more on TV OS, but just watch OS. I got to tell you, there's a lot of great things coming to the watch OS, but the one thing that I am probably the most excited about is the fact that you could have multiple timers on your watch. Honestly, I mean, I love my Apple watch and I use it for a variety of things, but that is probably one of the most important things that I've used it constantly for Jeff is timers. And now you can have multiple timers on there. Very excited about that as well. Yeah, so if you're cooking more than one thing in the kitchen at one time and you have different timers on it, your iPhone will now multitask. It will let you exactly. cook multiple things at the same time in the kitchen. <laughs> exactly. All right. Okay, so there's so much more, but I think we did a good job of kind of running, you know, doing a rundown quickly of the most important things or some of the highlights. So let's go to some quick tips. I got a two for today just because two things came to mind as I was watching some of the announcements when we were talking about uh, – notes and messages. And so this is a couple of the tips that I wanted to share today. Number one, I just wanted to, to, to let people know in notes, you don't just have to have a blank canvas. I mean, when you do a new note, it's just blank. You can type, you can handwrite, which is great. But if you wanted to add a little bit more functionality into the notes, you could just open up a note and there's a little three dot ellipsis there and you can go in and you can say, I want some lined, uh, you know, a ruler or uh, I want a grid that I can add to that. So just letting people know, many people I know don't realize that there are some of those kind of hidden components in there. And the other thing came to messages. They talked Apple talked quite a bit about messages, some of the, uh, we didn't talk about it today, but some of the improvements come in and really just some refinements that I would say. But one thing, uh, somebody asked me about the other day, and I, to me, I just kind of took it for granted. You can actually forward text messages to other people uh, instead of just replying to the group. And the way you do that, if you tap and hold on a text message, it will come up with a, a little secondary menu and you can tap on more down there. And what the what happens is the messages move over to the right and you can tap multiple messages, like three or four messages, and then you can forward those messages. If you do multiple, it'll just make, scrunch it into one single message, but then you can send that on to somebody completely different if you wanted to like copy some information. You can always do a copy paste, of course, from one message to another, but I just wanted people to know that one of the uh, tips that uh, I see people could use is just, you could do a forward of several, you know, single message or multiple messages. So those are my two for tips for today. Yeah, Jeff. that second one's a good one because that's not something that's instantly discoverable that you can even do that in the first right. place. So it's a little bit that's, hidden. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, my what one you got for us tip, today? 
<laughs> my one little tip today is I was going to recommend an app called the Deliveries app. It's been around for a long time, but I used it. I especially used it last year during the pandemic when so many things <laughs> were being delivered to our house. Um, right. But I continue to use it. You know, when you're ordering things from different places online, you know, the clothing store and Amazon and and wherever else. And, and sometimes Apple. you have a couple different <laughs> Apple. You have a couple different things coming. Every time that I get a little notice that says your item has been shipped and here is the UPS or the FedEx or whatever Yay. tracking number, I just copy that. And when you open the deliveries app, it senses that you have it on the clipboard and it will add it. And so it's nice to have just one central location that you can say, okay, I can see that tomorrow I'm going to be getting such and such package and later this one, and it will give you notifications. It works really, really well. The app used to be just, you paid a, small, a couple of dollars for it. Now the app is free. So anybody can try it out. They have a, a subscription service that costs five bucks a year or a buck a month wow. that um, okay. right now you don't even need the subscription at first. I think the only thing the subscription adds now is the ability to forward an email to a specific address to add something to the app, but that's okay. not a feature you okay. can use. Um, yeah. Having said that, I find the, the app so useful that I, it's definitely worth five bucks a year for me to just support the developer. And he says more features Absolutely. are coming in the future. But if you're, if you're somebody that has lots of different deliveries coming from different places, I mean, if you only ever shop from Amazon, well, then just right. use the Amazon app. But if you right. shop exactly. from different places, <laughs> I, I like having a single easily accessible right on the face of my iPhone place just to see what what my upcoming deliveries are and track the progress of where they are. And, and so um, so that's a good app. I recommend it. Yeah, I, I've heard so much about this app over the years. I've never used it because I'm like, well, just like you said, I mostly use Amazon. I don't have very many, but there are other things that I've ordered and I, I'm constantly like going to the email <laughs> in in my inbox and find you know doing a search like coffee delivery for example and i'm like okay you know where does i gotta tap the right link and the tracking anyway I, i'm i'm I, you've convinced me i'm gonna download this and try it out so great great pick on that one little Thank tip so on this much. one too it's not just stuff coming to you i mean i actually for example i ordered some shirts the other day you know some of them i liked but a couple of them i didn't like so i sent them back and you know the website had a thing that you can just you know print oh. out a, a ups delivery thing but before right. i stuck that in the mail i scanned that little ups code which was on the on the uh, on the front of the right. package and so now i can actually see the progress of my package going from me back to the company just just to right, sort of know awesome. that it's going back and so i can see oh yeah right. they're going to get keep it tomorrow it. so i should be getting that refund later on you know just to sort of keep track on things so. that's awesome that's fantastic jeff thanks again so much great talking with you man so much more it's just going to be exciting next few three or four months right yeah it's going to be exciting 15. throughout this summer yeah. brett as we as exactly more people discover more features that are going to be available this fall so <laughs> We will have anticipation throughout the summer, and then in a couple of months, we'll actually get to play with the new goodies, and that'll be great, too. That's great. That's great. Thanks, Jeff. See you next week. Bye.